Biblical fasting changes you. Fasting is not a diet. Fasting gives us that, that tenacity, that hearing, that, com that connectivity to His Holy Spirit so that we can actually hear Him better. Because prayer and fasting will open up spiritual avenues in your life that no other way they will be opened unto you. You will have an understanding of things that were not evident in your life before, but now they will be. When you pray and when you fast, God gives you wisdom. Your faith automatically goes to a whole nother level because you literally see it as the two of you, you and Jesus, but now you're walking as one. And so the intimacy grows, therefore faith grows. So Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first. Say, I'm going to seek first God's kingdom. Before I do anything else in the morning, I'm going to seek first God's kingdom. I'm going to seek first his righteousness. Before I do anything else with my time, I'm going to make sure I say, Lord, I seek you first. As a matter of fact, when you rise up in the morning, literally let that be your prayer. Lord, I seek you first. According to your word in Matthew 6, I seek you first. Make that commitment. Make that be your resolve. So it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Everything that you are in need of, God will add unto you. He will multiply and he will add in your life the things that are needed. God meets us where we are and when we are desperate for him. He meets us. He loves your desperation. He loves your desperation when you're desperate for him, his presence, right? Amen. So in this today, I'm going to cover what is biblical fasting, what it is not, and some of the benefits of fasting. But I thought I would start with what it's not. It's easier to start with what it's not, and then I'll get to what it is. So number one, hear me, especially some of the ladies, okay? Fasting is not a diet. If you are fasting as an opportunity to, hey, I can lose some weight, and then all of a sudden it becomes just a diet, then you are, you, you've missed the mark on what fasting really is. Because if you're trying to just lose weight, then for heaven's sakes, lose weight. Get on a diet. <laughs> but don't call it a fast. That's all. Just don't call it a fast. Let the dieting be dieting and let the fasting be fasting. Don't intermingle the two. Because let me tell you, the devil will work all kinds of things in your mind, you know, especially if you have any, any area in your past where you had a stronghold with food and with weight and everything, especially if that is you. Do not, you have to separate the two. Why am I saying this? Because I used to have to do this too. I love fasting and I live a lifestyle of fasting, but even in that, the enemy used to torment my mind because of, you know, just because of a faulty, wrong thinking I used to have about body image and how I was constantly, constantly dieting and, you know, getting to a size zero and still thinking I was fat. Tell me that was not a person that needed some help, right? And so because of that, I would, I would eventually, as, as I got, you know, older in the Lord and everything and started to fast, it's like the devil used 
would try the same old games, but he would Christianize it now. Mental torment would start to come back in that you're not good enough, you're too, you know, you're too heavy, but you're going to fast. But the fasting became more about me losing weight than about anything else. And I realized at some point, no, I have to actually stay away from fasting until I get my mind and my spirit strong enough so that I can actually fast in a healthy way. Yes, speaking to anybody? Because it's true. I had to stop. I love fasting. I had to stop fasting. Because I, because I needed to get my mind and my spirit strong enough so that I wouldn't fall into that same trap of thinking that and t- unless I look, you know, like a twig, that I'm not good enough, not worthy enough, it's not good enough. Well, those days are gone, and I'm content. It is not a diet. It's not a spiritual duty to make you love God, to make God love you more. So you're not trying to get God to love you more. Because sometimes people think so. They think, oh, I can just get God to love me more, to approve of me more, to give me more favor. I'm going to fast. No, it doesn't work that way, church. We don't earn our salvation. We don't earn his love, right? So it's not a way of you proving your love to him. Lord, because I love you so much, I'm going to fast. I'm going to prove my love to you. I I love you so much, I'm going to fast. I'm going to deny myself so that you can see how much I love you. Wrong. That is not truth. God already knows how much you love him. He actually already put it in you, didn't he? He already put that love in us. We love him because he first loved us. So... You're, you're not trying to manipulate or change his mind. That's the other thing. We're not trying to change the heart of God, change his mind. We're not manipulating God. We're not trying to bend his arm. We're not trying to make him do a certain thing by our fasting. So then what is biblical fasting? Biblical fasting changes you. It doesn't change God. It changes you. We fast to transform our spiritual walk. And we all want a stronger, deeper, more on fire spiritual walk. And so we fast to transform that spiritual walk. We fast to make more room for God in our lives. In other words, for our hearts to become hungrier. Not that he would know it, because he already knows everything. He knows the things we don't even understand or know. Okay, so we fast denying food to increase your passion for God. It works. You deny food, you start to use that time for prayer, your passion for God increases. Turn your Bibles to Psalm 42 and in verse 1. It says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. As a deer pants for the water, as if you... If a deer is panting for water, all they can think about is that next drink. That's how our lives are to be with Christ. All that we desire is for that moment to be with him continually. Have you ever been in a conversation? And I'm sure you all have. I know I have many times. You're in a a room filled with people. You're not really there, though. You're somewhere else. You're physically there, but spiritually, you left the building. You kind of took a plane somewhere else, and that somewhere else is with Jesus. You're so connected with him that you're not even there. And you're having your own conversation, and there's this, this connection, even without words, this connection, you and Jesus, and, and everybody else are just yapping. It's nothing bad. It's nothing bad. It's just 
a kind of a waste of time in your mind. And so you just left and you went somewhere. I know some of you are going, oh, did you just say, yes, I did. Because am I going to teach you or not? What happens as a deer pants for the water brook? So my soul, it pants for you, Lord. Right? That desire to be with him increases. So that even you find yourself sometimes in the midst of people you love, you just happen to be absent, even though you're present. And I know some of you guys can relate. And if you can't relate, then keep fasting, and you will see <laughs> that all of a sudden, your desires change. Your desires literally change. Your, your preferences change. What, what, you, what you deemed important or, or you know, first changes in your life because now you seek him first you put him first you desire him first you just want to know about him you want to know what he is thinking you want to know what he is thinking about you what he is thinking about the world you want you want to know what he is thinking you want his heartbeat within you you want to sense that heartbeat you don't just want to know about it you want to literally walk in it feeling the breath of god Feeling the breath of God, like literally feeling air upon you. These are not just, oh, these are, you know, just these euphoric feelings that she's talking about. They happen. And they happen for people that are literally sold out to Jesus. So good. So Psalm 42, one, as the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul pants for you. So what else is fasting? Well, fasting creates more time for his presence. Creates more time for Bible reading. Creates more time for prayer. Fasting builds up your spirit so that your spirit is stronger than your soul or your flesh. Right? Because we have too many Christians that their, their soul, their flesh is really strong. And it's leading. And it shouldn't be. It's our spirit that should be leading. These services are examples. Literally, they are. They're examples of how we can live our life hearing the Holy Spirit and flowing. If you notice, we don't ever do it the same exact way. That's because I believe this is not my church. It's his church. He just happened to entrust me to, to lead, and I better lead well. How do I lead well? By letting him lead. By getting out of the way and letting him lead. Now, I have no problem doing that. I have no problem doing that because I want him to lead. I want his presence first and foremost. And so you'll see, you know, I don't go one, two, three, four. I'll be going, and I get people, when I pray, I'm referring to, you know, I'll go back and forth. I get people offended sometimes. Well, she was right next to me, and then she didn't even pray. It's like, so she doesn't even see me. <laughs> Please. No, no, but I will let the Holy Spirit lead. And even in how we do things and in the flow, we want God to be honored. And he does have a desire. He does have a way of doing what he wants to do. And it doesn't mean it's going to be the same every single time. So our lives need to be lived that way as well. Fasting gives us that, that tenacity, that hearing, that, com that connectivity to his Holy Spirit so that we can actually hear him better, right? So you can open your Bible to Luke chapter 2 because Anna 
an Old Testament prophetess. She was praised. Her married life was short, only seven years. And then she became a, a widow. And she lived a life of prayer. So Luke 2, and in verse 36 through 38, it says, Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel. Not sure if I'm saying that right. Of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple. She didn't depart from the, she's 84 years old, church. She doesn't depart from the temple, but she serves God with fasting and with praying day and night. Commitment. Say commitment. Faithful. Say faithful. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord, and she spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So she's married a short time, and then she becomes a widow, right? Many, many years. What does she do? Some people would be, oh, my goodness, this terrible thing happened to me. And then they just, you know, their life spirals in a negative way. But instead, she turned what could have been a disaster into a complete blessing by saying, I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek his face. I'm going to fast. And in so doing, God made her a prayer warrior. He made her a woman that was on fire for Jesus. Not just that, a woman that was able to recognize when Jesus was brought into the temple to be dedicated. She knew that's the Messiah. How did she know? No, but it wasn't like he came with a sign. She knew because prayer and fasting will open up spiritual avenues in your life that no other way that will be opened unto you. But praying and fasting will do it. They'll open up. You will have an understanding of things that were not evident in your life before. But now they will be. How many times have you had this? People go, how do you know that? How do you know that? It's the Lord. It is the Lord. But it's also because you live a life of prayer and fasting. This is what prayer and fasting does. People ask me all the time, how do you know that? I say, it's the Lord. But it is the Lord, but it's prayer and fasting. When you pray and when you fast, God gives you wisdom, not just any kind of wisdom, but his wisdom, heavenly wisdom. And you are able to discern the things that other people may not be able to discern. So she discerned what she saw. Here's baby Jesus being brought into the temple to be dedicated. Look at what she says. This is verse 38. Coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and she spoke of him. She spoke of him. Who? Jesus. She spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption. Isn't he the redeemer? who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Anna spoke of him to all. And by the way, not just to the women and children. She spoke of him to all. Isn't that powerful? A woman of prayer and fasting. So one of the spiritual benefits of fasting is, is that you will be enlightened. Your mind will be opened up and under greater understanding, you will have the why behind.
behind the what. You know all those attacks that happen to your child? Prayer and fasting will give you the insight as to how to pray against it. Those attacks that came on your health or on your marriage, prayer and fasting will give you the wisdom and the insight as to how to pray against it. God never leaves you without fully giving you his all. He doesn't just partially give you his goodness. He doesn't just partially give you anything. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights. Every is every. Every good and perfect gift. He will give you abundance as you pray and as you fast. What else does fasting do for us? Well, this is one of my favorites. They're all my favorite. But living continually face-to-face -face with God. I don't know about you, but I, I think that we can drink in his thoughts. How about drinking in his thoughts? How about being so in love with Jesus, it's not just face-to-face -face and breath-to-breath -breath and heart-to-heart, -heart, which we sing that a lot. If you guys have been here long enough, you've heard us sing that, right? But how about literally thinking his thoughts? I mean, he knows our thoughts. He knows all of our thoughts, right? Good or bad, he knows all of them. He knows what we're going to say even before we even say it. He knows us. How about literally knowing every single one of his thoughts because we're so in tune? How about drinking in his thoughts because we're so, we, we, we so meditate on who he is. And in denying the flesh, we literally let our spirit soar. What else does fasting do for us? Fasting causes us to lose it's good to lose, church. It causes us to lose all narrowness, minded, and, and self-thinking. <laughs> that kind of lose. We want to lose that which focuses on self. We want to lose when we think so narrowly and it's all about me, myself, and I. We want to lose that. It's not about us. It's about him. We want to lose that. That's a good thing to lose. It's a good thing to lose. Yeah, I, don't want, I don't want to be focused on me. I want to be focused on him. I think most of you guys I think you guys are pretty radical, but nevertheless. Yeah, no pride. Pride has to go out the window. If it's still here, let that thing go. Kill it. Kill it. Kill it. So I'm killing it. I'm killing pride. It's destroyed in the name of Jesus. If there's any pride, oh, no, it goes. God gives grace to the... He gives grace to the humble. So we're able to hear his voice more clearly. Sometimes you go, I can't hear the voice of God as much as I used to. Well, well then pray and fast. Fasting will help you to increase your ability to hear his voice. You will hear his voice better. He will speak to you in all kinds of different ways, but you will hear his voice better. And isn't that what it's all about? Our ability to hear him. We want to hear him because if we're not hearing him, we are either hearing ourselves, or we're hearing the devil or both. Neither are going to help you at all. We need to hear the voice of God. We need to understand his ways and we need to hear his voice. And I love the fact that he has given us a simple way of doing that very thing. And it's simply just denying yourself. Fast. Hallelujah. So what are some of the benefits of fasting? 
what are not? <laughs> what isn't? What isn't the benefit of, I mean, there are so many benefits of fasting. But number one, we know that Jesus did it. Jesus fasted, and he gave us the command. He says, when you fast. So we know that we are to fast. When you fast. We are to fast to see breakthroughs in our lives, in our prayer life, in our family, in our businesses, in our health, in our churches. We are to fast because there is breakthrough when we fast. We are to fast when we have prayed and prayed and prayed, and we've asked God to help us to forgive an individual, or we've asked God to help us to forgive ourselves, or it may be something else to overcome some other situation, and it just doesn't seem to budge. We are to fast because in fasting, some kinds do not leave except prayer and fasting, which means some demonic strongholds will not leave you other than by prayer and fasting. When you pray and you fast, you literally loosen those bonds, those demonic ties that had you gripped. They had you gripped and you did not know how to be, how to remove them because they were too strong. They were literally just weaved in. But I'll tell you, the, the, one of the benefits, one of the strongest benefits of, of prayer and fasting is, is that Demonic strongholds are loosed off of your life. You know, when you walk out freer, how many of you guys can testify to that already? Just let me see hands. Yeah, like you've done this in the past, and there has been literally like just strongholds that have been come on. They've come off you. They've come off you. But not only you, but then they've also come off other people that you're praying for. Don't, don't think it's just about coming off. It is coming off of you. Strongholds will break off of you, but they will also break off of the people you're praying for. Without them even knowing it. Without them even knowing it. Without them even being present. It's powerful how this works. It's, it's supernatural. It's spiritual. But it works because God's spoken it. He's told us to do this very thing. So we, we fast for breakthroughs. What are some of the other benefits of fasting? Well, to prepare our heart for what God has for us. God has things for you. To prepare your heart. You know, if he was to share everything that he has, sometimes it would be just too, a little premature. It would be overwhelming. And for some, it would, it would scare you. And you'd be like, oh, I can't do that. And you might actually sabotage the very plan by your own words. But fasting will prepare your heart because it literally rids you of you and creates a hunger and a thirst for him. It's true. Some other benefits of fasting. Dying to your flesh, glowing or growing in your spirit. And that's true. Glowing too. You will glow. You'll glow in the spirit. When you feel spiritually dry, you fast. To increase hunger for the Lord, you fast. To increase discernment and wisdom and revelation, you fast. To be changed. Deep within your inner man, you fast to promote a healthier body. You fast to have better mental clarity. You fast. So many reasons as to why you want to fast. Amen. To break off bitterness, judgment, jealousy, Come right? Come on. Fear and worry, depression, confusion, anger. You fast. You command those things to leave you, but you fast. How about to increase your faith? 
We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Right? We know that only faith pleases God. But when you need more faith, and yes, you hear the word, when you fast, it will increase your faith. Why? Because your intimacy with the Lord grows. When your intimacy with the Lord grows, you, you, you realize really there's nothing else on the face of this earth that matters to me more than him, more than pleasing him. So therefore, your faith automatically grows. Your faith automatically goes to a whole nother level because you literally see it as the two of you, you and Jesus, but now you're walking as one. You literally see it this way. And so the intimacy grows, therefore faith grows. So you need more faith? Fast. Amen? To receive a fresh encounter. Fresh encounters from the Lord. God is always wanting to encounter us, church. It, you know, yesterday's encounter, last week's encounter, hey, they're great. They're great. But God wants to give you fresh encounters. You know, it's not that the old ones are dead and gone and they don't matter. Oh, they matter. I'm hanging on to things that God has revealed to me in encounters from years ago. Years ago. I'm not going to let them go. Because I'm still believing for them to come to pass. Oh, I've seen many of them come to pass. But there are still some that need to come to pass, and I'm not going to let them go. It's not like I'm striving to keep them alive. The Lord knows when to bring them back to my mind. He'll bring them back to your mind. Certain encounters that revealed something to you, that mean something to you, that gave you faith and hope to keep on pressing on, good soldier. Right? He'll bring them to your mind. Right? But to receive fresh encounter, encounters from him, you fast. And God will give those encounters because he's not trying to withhold them from you, remember. Hallelujah. To birth the dream inside of you, to birth it. Some of you have an understanding, a, a knowing, but to birth it, to birth the dream, to walk in your destiny, to increase the Lord's presence in your life. All of these things, you fast. To bring heaven's breakthrough to earth, you fast. To increase the amount of anointing you carry, you fast. To prepare you for your new purpose, new anointing, you fast. To increase in the supernatural lifestyle that you walk in, you fast. To, to release breakthroughs for others, you fast. When you need salvation for a loved one, you fast. When your marriage needs help, you fast, church of God. It's powerful, I'm telling you. When you need wisdom before making a big change, a move, a new job, something, you fast. So fasting develops an in, in inner dependency. That's what it develops. Not an external. It's the inner dependency that we're looking for, right? So fasting will develop an in inner dependency upon him that, quite honestly, cannot happen any other way because it's supernatural. It's spiritual. So here are some of my final thoughts on fasting. Number one, it should be a lifestyle. Number two, really, it should be done in secret, except for when, you know, somebody calls a corporate fast. But Matthew 6, 18 talks about it being done in secret. And that's just you and him. So that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly. 
Your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly. It's not why you fast, because if that's why you're fasting, because you want the open reward, you, let's go back to the drawing board because wrong motive. Right? It cannot be about a reward. He is our reward. He is the reward. He's given us eternal life. He is the reward. He's our savior. He's our heavenly father. He's our very best friend. He is the reward. But yet he still promises us rewards because he's good, because he's faithful. Amen.